Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And it is our first time together in a while. It is. Uh, Let's run through the business that we normally start with. Let's do the business. Yes. Welcome, new and old. One and all. Friend and foe. All for one. I don't know. We don't know. Um, Hi. Just some quick biz. Everything we mention, products, books, whatever, what have weighted you. Weighted blankets. Um, I don't know. They're always on our website, forever35podcast.com. We also have merch now available. There's some really cool stuff. We just launched an Intenchi's necklace. Oh, I love it so much. It's soups cute. Soups cute? I'm getting one. Wow. And you are really committing to the abreves going on over there. I mean, you started in Tenchi's. Look, I learned from the best. No, I didn't. No, I swear that's you. 
I'm 99% sure it was you. Listeners, if anyone wants to go back. Weigh in. <laughs> tell us who started the abbreviation Intenchies. Um, that merch, you can find it on our website at the merch tab or forever35merch.com. We also have a new podcast that we're executive producing. G Thanks just bought it. Tons of great product recommendations there. If you feel like we've been a little lax on the products lately, on the prods. Never fear. Never fear. Caroline is here. She's got you covered. She truly has you covered. So that's G Thanks Just Bought It, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also going to do uh, the the business that we usually do at the end of the show, at the top of the show. Yeah, we love to hear from you. So you can leave us a voicemail at 781-591-0390. If you mess up, you can call back. There's no shame in the podcast voicemail game. No. Uh, you can also email us any questions or comments at forever35podcast at gmail.com. We also have a very active, lively, engaged Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Forever 35 podcast. A little question will pop up there and the password is serums. There's also a ton of spinoffs like Forever 35 Swap. Forever 35 Los Angeles. Yeah, just a ton of stuff. Books. I've been very into the Forever 35 books community lately because we're talking romance. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And of course, if you like the show, you know, hit us up on that apple podcast review situation tell a friend mention us on social media and you can also follow us on instagram at forever 35 podcast and on twitter at forever 35 pod so let's get into it now that that's out of the way 2020 here we are we've made it anyway how are you doing well i am better now that i am back to my regularly scheduled routines yeah yeah, I kind of got a little wrecked toward the end of 2019 just mm. by like ev- just the chaos of life. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, and when I returned home from, my, we traveled after the holidays, returned home my first night home, I slept for 11 hours. That's amazing. It was delicious. Yeah, that's great. Lights out 8.50 and then I woke up at 8, a- 8 a.m. Wow. It felt so good. That's amazing. At one point I woke up at 1 a.m. and I was like, I've been asleep for like f- five hours. <laughs> four hours I guess yeah um so you know that is how I'm feeling it was a lot it was it's always wonderful and draining to get to be with family at the holidays Mm -hmm, and to mm -hmm. cook and do present I mean it's like all great things but it does just kind of drain you yeah I began craving my like usual routine of like wake up send my kids to school yep record a podcast yep um other than that, Dory, I have tendonitis in both my elbows. Both of them. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, is this the same as tennis elbow? This is tennis elbow. I have tennis elbow okay. in both elbows. But it's, you originally you thought you only had it in one elbow. I did only have it in the left. And then oh, no. because I started overcompensating with the right, oh, no. I gave myself tennis elbow in the right elbow. So I start physical therapy this week, which is great. But like, LOL, is this just what being 40 is? Like, I don't... Yeah, I think so. I'm not actively using my elbows for much, Dory. It's not like I'm golfing or, right. like, cutting down trees. I mean, Those that are the two could be a fun could, hobby to take Well, up. I can't take it up now. Yeah. Because I've got tennis elbow. What causes it? Um, repetition. I, honestly, the second I was like, I'm a writer, the, the doctor was like, mm-hmm, yep, there you go. Mm. So I have to, like, re evaluate how I sit at my computer and get, you know, the proper things that I've used before, like a stand for my laptop and a keyboard Mm -hmm. down below and the mouse pad and all that. 
all that good stuff. I've got to redo that. Um, I also actually think my phone usage, like I have a big, I have an iPhone 8S mm-hmm. and like I'm stretching my thumbs to text on oh, it. And I honestly feel like I have strained my arms from my phone. You probably have. Yeah. yeah. So Oy. Mm-hmm. that's it. So, you know, and that's a bummer. It's kind of sad because I haven't been on Instagram for like a month and yet I still am using my phone actively (laughs) enough to give myself tendinitis. Oh, man. It's okay. I'm sorry. I hope physical therapy is helpful. I'm excited. Have you gone to this physical therapist before? No. The doctor suggested I go to a sports medicine or like a a specific hand therapist. Oh, cool. There, Yeah, it's a whole new world for hand therapy. Wow. So I will report back. I bet they're really busy with people's phone usage and stuff. I mean, I think it's a lot of sports injuries like tennis and golf. I do think mm. they see a lot of that. Wait till they meet me. <laughs> you saunter <laughs> in. computer injury. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been, uh, old friend? You know, I have been okay. I also was sort of craving getting back to my routines and also getting back to Henry's routines. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, as I've said before, like traveling was fine. Henry's great. But I was like, okay, I'm ready to go home, like by the end of our trip. Um, And, but I'm good. I, I started a one line a day journal. Did you get this for yourself? Yes. Okay. So you were like, I need to seek out a journal that works with my time schedule. So here is what happened. I believe this was a thread in Forever 35 Parents. It it could have also been a thread in the Pregnancy and Children group of my other podcast, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. But I think it was in Forever 35 Parents. Someone was asking about like, do you keep a baby book or something like that? And people had all these various suggestions and one person said I've been keeping like a one line a day journal and just sort of like jotting down milestones and you know things that just daily things that happen and etc but specifically about they were talking specifically about the baby I don't know if they use it for other things but I was like huh this sounds interesting and very manageable like one line a day I can I can handle this so I got it I actually brought it so you can see what it looks like. Oh, and I love it. I've tried these before. I failed after like a month. But this is so cute. It's I won't really read your cute. entry. Sorry, I just opened. It. I'm sorry, I just opens it up. It's cute that you. It's easy to pack. Yes, like so you can be consistent. So I brought with it, it to New York. Yeah, um, good for you. It's a five year on the cover. It says one line a day. A five year memory book. So it's the way they have it set up is that every date. So let's say I just opened it to April 10th and then they have sections for each year. And the nice thing is you could start on whatever day you get the journal. Yeah. I started it on like December 20th or something. Oh, Dory, that's so cool. So that's been really nice. And I actually find that I enjoy sort of reflecting at the end of the day. Is this a nighttime practice for you? It is a nighttime practice because you're supposed to kind of write what happened that day. Now, Answer me this. Yes. Were you a journal person in your past? I was. And when did that taper off? I would say my early 20s. And has this reinvigorated the like the journal bug in you? A little bit. Huh. Because sometimes I'm writing and I'm like, oh, like I actually like I have some more. I've, like there's more stuff that I would like to write down. Cool. Just sort of jot down. I like it because it's so low stakes. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like great. one line. That's all you need to do. It takes me 
three minutes. I put on my yoga toes. Don't worry. It's oh a real it's a vision. <laughs> I love this. You settle in. I get into bed. I put on my yoga toes. <laughs> my feet are feeling great. Oh, my God. And then I bust out my one-line-a-day journal. Sorry. I jot some things down. Then I read for a little bit. Matt got me a new Kindle for oh, Christmas slash Hanukkah. What a gift. Yes. Um, it's very nice. And so that's been nice because I had I had started using my iPad to read on the Kindle. Um and my iPad is very basic. It like doesn't have doesn't have my email on it. It doesn't have like Facebook. It doesn't have any real like distractions nice. on it. Um but still it's an iPad. It still has the internet on it. And it has that that light that you're supposed it to have. It has that light, although I did have it on dark mode. Um, anyway, I prefer the Kindle for reading ebooks. So it was nice that he got me that. So anyway, put on my yoga toes, get my journal out, get my book out, and then I kind of like wind down. Um, what a great nighttime practice. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really nice, I got to say. Um, and it's making me feel like I might want to dip my yoga toes back into... <laughs> Uh, oh boy um i really know how to push your buttons well and you know we haven't <laughs> podcasted together in the same room since almost a month i would say three, three weeks. weeks yeah so here just, we are here we are just feeling it um yeah it's making me wonder if i should maybe get a journal again yes i also i, I had a big sort of like realization kind of existential realization as we remember we've been talking a lot about paper planners and why oh. both of us feel like they just didn't work for us and i was like well sometimes i jot stuff down on a notepad next to my bed that kind of works for me but i realized that i am i am and i know people can be both but i'm more of a journal person versus a planner person oh. i prefer to reflect on what happened on paper versus plan what is going to happen on paper. Oh, I like this mm -hmm. for you. Thank you, Kate. I really do. This is a new thread that we have yet to follow here yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, it's getting it's back true. to journaling. Yeah. So, and I also, another thing I realized, I know people love to do morning pages, which I do think is a very valuable practice, very useful practice, but the way my life is right now, morning pages just don't work for me. But night pages, mm. I think, could really work for me. So I might incorporate that. Do you have like a preferred notebook that would become your journal? Or do you want to wait and share if you decide to move to a larger journal situation? Yeah, I'm going to. Well, as I think many people who are writers this happens to them, but like people always give me notebooks. I have like a stack of notebooks that either like I've written like a page in or, you know, there's like nothing in them. So I have a bunch of notebooks in my office. I could just pick one at random. I have the same situation. Um, and look, I, I appreciate that people give me notebooks. I mean, I buy them for myself. Who like can I, resist a notebook? No, I can't. Um, so I might, I might take one of those. I have to say it's interesting that you say this because just yesterday I pulled out a notebook uh -huh. off its shelf yep. in our garage office. Go on. And I thought about starting a daily joy journal. Okay. Because my word for 2020 that I pondered and selected mm -hmm. per a practice my friend Katie Ward does, mm -hmm. my word is joy. Yes. That's the word I I'm like focusing this. on for this year. 
just kind of came to me. I marinated on it. Mm -hmm, I thought about mm -hmm. how I feel like what I am driven to do is to try to bring joy into people's lives, hopefully, mm -hmm. not always successful. And I'm thinking about how to cultivate more joy in my life. Uh-huh. Love that. As you know, I've been pondering tap dancing lessons. Yes. Because I think that would be joyful. Have you have you started them? There's some scheduling. There's a scheduling conflict. Oh. A family scheduling conflict. Bummer. But I think I have found a workaround. And they might be taking a combo ballet tap class. Oh, hello. We'll see. Like I did when I was six. <laughs> yeah, like my kids all do. At the rec center. <laughs> I will literally be at a rec center. That's where it is. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds perfect yeah. so anyway i was like i might start just kind of jotting down i don't Ooh. i don't know exactly what it will look like i've been thinking on it but it's funny you it's funny you mentioned this because uh -huh. i recently was like i'm interested in reflecting i don't know in what way and i don't know yeah. if i can commit to it but that popped into my brain it also again i like the idea of low stakes and it mm -hmm. feels it feels lower stakes than a gratitude journal a joy journal yeah well, it's just kind of like what made me happy exactly. today, oh, looking at my dog. Right. Which is similarly to how I handle my gratitude practice. But yes, I concur. So I'm, I like that for you. Well, thank you. We will be linking to your one day, we will. one line a day journal. We sure will. That's a great, I mean, you know, we keep discovering <laughs> new things here in the 35 town. Uh, um, I am really intrigued by something else on your list. Okay. Not, I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm intrigued. I know which one it is. Which is, I'm pondering the idea of making my own mists. <laughs> Dory, I want to make a mist. Please go on. Okay. This all started because I have an empty mist bottle from a uh -huh. product I have used and finished. Okay. And I was going to just fill it with water and use it to water my air plants. Okay. I sound like such <laughs> yeah. a cliche in so many ways right now. <laughs> But then I was like, what if I tried to make my own mist? And then I started kind of just Googling the ingredients on some mists I like. Uh-huh. And I think, and then there's also, of course, many DIY recipes. Oh, totally. Online. I, I've researched boiling my own rose petal water. Wow. Like my... my concern with that is that I'm not sure how long it will last and it needs to be refrigerated from what mm. I've read. But I think even just a distilled water with some essential oils that I like, yeah. I, I might just kind of be able to start making my own mist. I'm so into And this. then I had this fantasy of like giving you a mist yes. as a gift. And yes. like misting is like the thing I, I make these mists, but it's not like I'm not doing it to make money. It's just like a passion project. Totally. You know, I yeah. make a mist. One other thing that I want to mention is I'm really into puzzles now. <laughs> I welcome this. Thank you. I did a puzzle with a friend over the holiday and I got very into it. Yes. And then I texted you and you were like, I've done three puzzles. <laughs> I got really into puzzles. Well, you said Matt bought you a puzzle table. What is that? Yes. Okay. So we had, Matt and I have been talking about, I'd said like months ago that I wanted to quote unquote get into puzzles, but like we didn't really have anywhere to do them. Um, and so they just sort of sat in uh, on a shelf. And then for Hanukkah, Matt got me a puzzle table, which is just like this big wooden table with drawers, small drawers. So what you can do is you can put like, you can, you can find like sections of the puzzle and put them in one drawer. Ooh. And then you can work on different sections at one time. And you can also move the table around if you want to. And then when the puzzle's finished... I take a picture and then I and put it in the box. Put it away. Yeah. 
And will you ever do it again? Maybe. Okay. Matt keeps buying me puzzles. <laughs> he bought me a Golden Girls puzzle. Oh, that sounds fun. I'm working on that now. Does he work on it with you or is it a you So thing? in New York, we were working on them together. It was actually a really nice thing to be doing like at night when we had nothing else to do. Um, he like went out the night we got there. He went out to Target and bought these puzzles. <laughs> we were just puzzling. Um but yeah, it's like, it's very nice to just sort of turn your brain off. I don't look at my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really a great hobby. I see why people have done it for decades, <laughs> centuries, <for> millennia. <laughs> um, yeah. So what else? Kate? I just want to say congrats. You have a hobby. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. You did it. I did it. I finally did it. Uh, what else for me? Oh, you know, I've just been wondering, what's my purpose in life? <laughs> What is it? I don't know. That's what I've been thinking about that when I was like, I landed on joy is my word of the year. Yes. I was like, maybe my purpose in life is like to create things that make people happy. Mm-hmm. And this is something I used to struggle with when I did comedy. I mean, I still technically do comedy, but I was performing a lot of improv and writing. And I was like, but this is, and when my mom died, I was like, I'm going to be a social worker. And then I immediately was like, I don't think I can do that. But I always felt kind of badly about the fact that I wasn't like do, my I didn't have more like meaning in my work. And someone this like practitioner I saw an Ayurvedic practitioner was like, don't say that like your work has meaning and you bring a lot of joy to people's lives or something, something. And I was like, uh huh, OK, so I'm revisiting that. Maybe that's my purpose in life or I at like least that. my purpose for like right now. Yeah. I feel I that. Know. Do you have a perp? Like, what is our, why are we here? Oprah asks us this all the time. What is your purpose? You know, as soon as I saw that you had written this down, I started thinking about it and I, and I started realizing that I think I've, I've historically shied away from trying to answer this question because it felt very, it felt religious in a way mm. that I, I wasn't like super into. Well, also, I feel like there's a lot of, it adds a lot of pressure and like, yeah. we don't need to have a purpose. Right. You know I mean? It also feels like, I think, and this is like the Gen Xer in me speaking, but it feels very like self-aggrandizing in a way. Totally. Like, what is my purpose? Oh, like I'm here to do yeah, this. Exactly. Yeah, and I so I think it. I've been like, eh, but maybe I'm ready to be all Gen Z about it and like get a purpose. I don't know. I don't know. Like listeners, do you, feel like you know in your gut what your purpose is are you living with a purpose yeah again no pressure i don't give a shit if you are or not i don't want you to i am happy if you do it's just something that literally popped into my brain and i realized as i was living my fully cliched new age life here in los angeles that i was like wonder do i have a purpose as i get older i'm just like why am i here have you read the purpose driven life I think so. I feel like I went through a real phase mm. in my late 20s where I was reading, you know, Eckhart Tolle and right. all that stuff. All that stuff. I don't know. And again, okay. maybe my purpose is just to like drink bubbly water, try to make the world a better place and, you know, pet my dog. I'm going to think about this. I hope my purpose is greater than that, by the way. I hope so, too. Okay. Well, if that's what you want. All right. Well, let's take a short break. And then we're going to come back with Casey St. Ange. Who is such a delight. I mean, has worked the coolest jobs. The coolest. Raised adult sons. Yes. And knows a thing or two about Prince. Oh, 
Which she sure does. Okay, be right back. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic 
whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say, like, I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. Well, we have a very exciting guest here. Live in studio. Live in studs. We don't yep. always, sometimes we're over <laughs> Skype, but today we've got Casey St. Onge here. Did I say that right? Onge? Onge. Onge. I think like Onge. Yeah. Onge. I but made I mean, up a new word. Who am I? Who am I to say? <laughs> Izzy, you're less nits. You're less Casey St. Onge is our guest today on For 35. On For 35. I'm doing the thing, Dory, that I do. Casey, I do this thing where I just get words stuck in my mouth and get all over the place. But let me read your bio to you our audience, in case they are 
not familiar. I wrote it. Oh, great. So oh, I'm, thank you. That's if so I'm nice missing of you. something, okay. just shout just it out. Pipe all in. right. All right. <laughs> Casey is an Emmy nominated comedy writer who most recently worked as the showrunner and executive producer of Busy Phillips' critically acclaimed talk show, Busy Tonight on E. She served as the co executive producer of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen for nine years and has also worked on The Late Show with David Letterman, Best Week Ever, and The Rosie O'Donnell Show. And she is also the author of the YA novel, Jane Jones' Worst vampire ever and is a legendary fan of prince yes that seems all correct that's all correct great i feel like i would really like (laughs) to talk thank you dory i appreciate the validation (laughs) today i would love to at some point address prince as self-care oh sure because i feel like if anybody can speak to that it is you 100 and we have not had anyone talk about prince yet on the podcast that's true how can that be I don't, you know, everyone has bad taste. Ooh, <laughs> whoa! You're just saying that to make me feel good, but I'll take it. I also think sometimes Dory and I are both in our early 40s. I feel like just a, a generation below, almost kind of missed out on the magic of Prince. Yeah, I can feel. I can understand like the that, true yeah. like watching Prince in the 80s and feeling his like sexual energy coming out of your TV mm. experience. Like everyone knows Prince's music, but maybe they miss the magic. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Well, you didn't. Well, yeah, we'll but catch you up. We will get to that. <laughs> you have bigger kids. Dory and I, my kids are nine and six and Dory has a, uh, a baby. under one year old. You've got a college age son and a high school son. Yeah, I have a 20 year old son and a 17 year old son. And uh, yeah, older guys in college, younger guys graduating this year. Big, big things happening. You made it through those years. Yes. And you did it while working. Yeah. You did it like you had a million. uh, We we often, I don't know if we've had many parents of older children on the pod who have like done the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And done it while also your career has been taking off and taking shape and going on. I mean, it's taken you just out. You just moved from New York to Los Angeles, or excuse me, from Connecticut to Los Angeles this year. Yeah. How do you do it all? How <laughs> well, can we do it all? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a really, that, it's so funny. Uh, when on Busy Tonight, um, Busy would always ask career dads with careers, how do you do it all? Good. And it was so funny because like some guys would totally get it right away. Like what, what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And then some guys would be like, well, you know, it's a lot of work and <laughs> we hire a nanny uh-huh. and like, uh-huh. it just answers so sincerely. But um, the truth is, the truth is I'm really very lucky. I've been really lucky because first of all, I have a partner that has done way more than his fair share of, you know, like we, <laughs> I, l- my, it's you know it's 2019 we're just coming to the end of 2019 and i think a lot of guys i hope are like seeing that they have to step up in the home but i think like in a lot of um families and probably any kind of family but particularly you know um cishet male female marriages um i think you know we're still having that conversation all the time about how uh how things need to be more equitable and how things need to not fall all on mom and i think there's so many like just unseen things that totally. <laughs> that women are taking care of uh-huh. um and you know and you know you it's it's not a big deal to like get the snacks or to like remember the sunscreen or whatever it's just a minute it's just a minute but when you add up all those minutes 
you've lost a lot of minutes, not lost, but you know, you've invested a lot of minutes into other people at the end of the day. So I've been really lucky in that, you know, not only has my husband done half of everything, he's done more than half of everything, because I think, you know, he's also a creative person, but he's also like a hard worker. And our family likes to tease him that he's a busy body. And, <laughs> um, and you know, if you recognize that about yourself, and, and you can like keep healthy boundaries, I think you can kind of work it to your advantage. And I, so I think like early on, we discovered like what our strengths were and uh and it was not easy but yeah just you know letting everybody play to their strengths and if it truly like makes my husband happy to like do the snacks and the sunscreen and make sure everyone's wearing two socks and you know all those things that typically like would have fallen to me uh he really participated so i you know i just have visions i remember even back in like preschool days of like all the moms like looking at my husband like oh my god like drooling <laughs> drooling over my husband not uh not just because he's like a handsome adorable charming guy but also because he was the one you know doing more than half the drop-offs and more than half of the diaper bag carrying and the snack providing stuff like that so there's that and then i've also been lucky to work in places that sort of value um you know value family time and having like a work-life balance. And I've worked in places that certainly didn't value that. Mm. And you really notice a difference. So, um, so when I started my family, when I had my first child, I was at the Rosie O'Donnell show and we had daycare for anyone with children. So, wow. And that was something she was championing or that was just, yeah, that was 100% her because she wanted to have her kids at the office and, you know, and, and that's common and entertainment for the talent to have their kids around because they spend long hours. But then I think she looked, you know, she looked around and saw other people that would love to have their kids also with them. And so that was like a very sort of instant thing that happened right at the beginning of the show and was there for me when I had my first kid. Wow. Yeah. And we also started young too, which I think is, you know, we, when we had our older son, we were in Brooklyn and and people would always ask if we were the nanny, are you the manny? Are you the nanny? And we realized, oh shoot, we're like a good 10 years younger than anyone else. Um, who has kids in our neighborhood because, you know, people are smart and they wait, but I don't know why we didn't wait. It was just something that we were eager to do. So altogether it wound up like working out pretty well. So your younger son is yes. still in high school. Yes. And you moved across the country with him. Yes. Kind of in the middle of his high school career. Yeah. How did that conversation go? It's it was, you know, uh, so I was offered this job to come to LA to work on the show Busy Tonight as one of the executive producers and the showrunner uh, with Busy Phillips, who is my friend, and also Tina Fey was going to be an executive producer. And I was saying earlier that that kind of in the lore of the story, the way everybody likes to tell it is that, you know, I was doing everything I could to not take this job uh, um, because I had a whole life on the East Coast and uh, had a really good job on the East Coast. Um And so everybody likes to say, well, Tina finally was like the one who was like, listen, can you just do this? (laughs) Will you please just do this? And that that was the deciding factor. And I mean, who can say no and who would say no to Tina Fey? I was going to say, is it scary to be like face to face with Tina Fey? Who's like, listen, 
<laughs> I need you to do this job. No, she's so lovely and she's really like she's just very lovely and great and uh just makes everybody feel really comfortable um which is funny because i wouldn't expect that um but she just yeah the two minutes after talking to her you feel like you've known her forever and like you've been buds forever but uh yeah it was really like when you know when i ran it past my family the truth is my son is the one that really could have put the kibosh on the whole thing and said, because if he had truly said to me, because you know, I'm team, my kids always, um, if he had said to me, like, listen, this would destroy my life. I cannot move across the country in the middle of high school. Um, you know, that just, no, like that answer has to be no, I would have said no, but because of the way that kid is, and he's just like, oh, he's a gem. Um, he's he is self care in so many ways. That 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 kid um, uh, having him is like very healthy for me. I think so. Um, you know, when we just talked about it, I really, you know, I sort of thought like that. I sort of thought that's what he was going to say. And then that would have really like let me off the hook um, to have him be like, no mom. And then I got to just say like, you know, my kid just can't do it. But what he said was, you know, you've just, you have been working at all these jobs and you've been working to take care of us all these years and everybody gets a chance to have their time, whether it's like going to grad school or going to college or whatever. And it just seems like this is your time and you don't always get to pick when your time what? is. This is what a teenager said. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's, he's, he's so, they're both really wise and they're both really sweet. But he was like, yeah, do I wish it was happening in two years? Maybe, but it's not, you know, so, and you know, to, to bookend it too, like when, you know, when Busy Tonight was sort of unceremoniously and suddenly canceled, um, I was feeling like, oh, geez, like I moved my whole family out here and like six months in and it's done and what's happening. So I was, ex- you know, I was like trying to tell my son and kind of like waiting for that reaction, like, oh, you moved me out here for nothing or whatever. And he was like, I was like, listen, the show is not going to be coming back. I don't, you know, and I started to list like, so here's what I have to do. I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have to get in touch with these people. We were in the car and he really just like put his hand on my hand and he was like, why don't you just take today to be sad? And he was like, why don't you just be sad for today and like maybe tomorrow if you need it. And then you can do all those things that you need to do in like 24 or 48 hours. Then you can start to worry about that. And I was like, okay. And then, of course, so like I started crying and I'm like going to cry now talking about it. And then <laughs> I was crying. He also, you can cry. Please cry. We love he crying. also said, uh, and before before all that, I would just like to say thank you for bringing me here. Oh, my God. He was like, I know this isn't the way that we would have wanted this to turn out, but thank you. This changed my life in a lot of ways. And he's a good boy. (laughs) I'm getting chills. I am too. I'm choked up as well. That's just. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) What a kid. What a testament to how you and your husband have raised them. Yeah. But also like it. It is team. Life is teamwork as a family. Like you're. Your career affects his. I mean, it's just all so connected. Yes. I think that's really true. And I think that, you know, 
you teamwork is so important in like a work environment and not to make it seem like our uh, it seem like our home is like this corporate operation or whatever but you know the truth is like i think that I've always said to my kids, like, I'm on your team. And, you know, I'm even when I'm being frustrating, it's because like, I'm on your side, and I'm rooting for you. And I I just think it's important to like, reiterate that about like, this is why I'm doing this. And this is why I'm saying this. And this is why I think we should do this, this way. But above and beyond, like, I'm on your team. And so I think after a lifetime of that, of, you know, sort of being spoken to like that, then, you know, then it's nice to know that they're on my team too. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid forties, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Your son said that moving here 
kind of changed his life. Yeah. But what has moving here been like for you? It's been really interesting. I mean, one thing that is nice other than being like not as employed as I normally like to be. But even that is a blessing in some ways because it causes you to, you know, just sort of figure out like what you're about. And, you know, in the absence of like this, you know, when you work in entertainment, it's kind of like what most people want to talk to you about. And sometimes that's cool. And then sometimes, you know, you just want to talk about anything else. And so it's kind of forced me to be like, well, who am I like in absence of this like identity as someone that that does this every day? And and who am I in the absence of being like in, so incredibly busy that I don't have time to do anything else? And, you know, so so that's been good. That's been like an interesting check in with myself because I really haven't had any more than like a week or two off in, you know since the early 1990s. Wow. Um, Yeah, you know, so that's been good. But also, you know, Watch What Happens Live, which was a super fun job. And obviously, I loved it there. I wouldn't have stayed there for nine years. But as it grew... Um, you know, it when we started out, it was one night a week, then it was three nights a week, then it was five nights a week. And it was so great. But it truly was live at that time. So I didn't get home until one in the morning. And, you know, and it was kind of like a working around the clock situation between like, you know, whatever I had to do in the mornings to get prepped for the show and then my commuting time and then being all day in Manhattan working on the show that then would air live at 11 and you wrap up at midnight and then drive an hour home, you know, so just like being able to do normal things like go to dinner any night I would like to, or like meet someone for coffee. Those, those things are, um, those things are wonderful and also terrible (laughs) because like how, you know, like there, like I said, I really have no reason to, um, ever cancel coffee on someone. And so that really, you know, if you're, socially anxious at all or whatever, or you're like, Oh God, shoot. Why did I say I would do this? Uh, um, then it's harder to get out of for better and for worse. I loved busy tonight. Um, I'm still secretly hoping uh, every time I see on Instagram that you're like taking meetings, I'm like, maybe they're making, (laughs) um, what was exciting about working on that show? Because I do feel like there was a really interesting and diverse, writer's room as well as staff yeah um it was the first time i i mean you were co-executive producer on watch what happens live but in this you were show like you were the person in charge yeah um what were some things that you implemented that were really exciting to you as like a manager and a boss and a creative head of a show it was really exciting to me just to be able to Well, I'll tell you the truth. You know, again, like we have a lot of these discussions in entertainment about parity, inequality, and opportunity. And every year, some study comes out, especially about like how many women are working in late night, how many women are writers in late night, how many, you know, and that it goes for for every tentacle of entertainment. But for some reason, late night seems to be particularly resistant and um, to, to making any change. And <laughs> I've lived through this so many times where, you know, shows are like, we're implementing like a five-year plan and we're starting like a a feeder 
program and, you know, and apprenticeships and, and all, just all of these things. And I'm like, that all of that is bullshit. All there is to do is to just tomorrow when you hire someone, hire someone that's different than the easiest person to hire, you know? And if it means like sort of believing in someone that, you know, someone whose resume might not have every single piece of pedigree that you were hoping that it would have because they hadn't been given that opportunity before. It's, I mean, none of it is brain surgery. So like if, if someone had been a PA before, but they're, that's a production assistant. If someone's been a production assistant before and they've had a hard time advancing for whatever reason, you can make your guesses and you meet with that person and they're totally, uh, sharp and funny and know everything about everything, then, you know, you can make a judgment call. This person would be a good associate producer. I can bump this person up to this job. They're obviously totally capable of this and like, let them do it. You know, just let them do it starting tomorrow. You don't need a five-year program. You don't need any type of like accountability charts or any of those things that, we, you know, you just, that was to me the most exciting thing to be like, Oh, you've never written on a show before, but you like write for this website that is hilarious and that I've seen the most famous people sharing on social media all the time. Yes, then you're a writer. Great. That's that's all it takes is to like be a good writer. It doesn't matter that you've not written for a thousand late night hosts before. That's something I never understand for like an industry that, and again, you know, maybe it's just lip service, but for an industry that's constantly like chasing youth and freshness and fresh voices. And then, you know, to the point where like you're putting like a completely new host, you know, or new talent on camera. And then they're like, but we really have to get like a seasoned industry vet in here. And I'm like, well, Okay. I mean, okay, I guess. And so it's like, I, sometimes it feels like the same seven guys are going around like working on all these shows. And I'm just like, okay, that's why maybe like why they're so similar because nobody's bringing any new pie to the party, yeah. <laughs> you know? So that, that's what was, that was what was most exciting for me just doing that and getting, you know, a mix of like really solidly competent and experienced people um, in there who had maybe like flown under the radar for whatever reason. And then also like taking a chance on somebody more than one, somebody taking a chance on some people that hadn't done exactly that before, but it's, it was obvious that they would be able to do it. And sometimes it was such a blessing too, because it's like, you know, it's almost like the things that that team would do every day, the things that they would pull together and accomplish every day, it was almost like if they had had more experience, they might not have been able to to do it. So, mm -hmm. so you know, but they didn't know they couldn't fly because they had never been told they couldn't fly before. So, you know, so they just were like getting it done and like grinding it out every day. And we were just really lucky to have such an amazing team of like, it was like 89% women and, you know, just people of all different types of identities. So it was so great for me because I learned every day. And I also felt confident every day that when we we're going out 
doing something that everybody felt was funny, everybody felt spoke to them and for them, and wasn't hurtful to anyone and, you know, was just really thoughtful. Like, that's meaningful. That's that's more meaningful than I have been. More meaningful than other experiences I've had in the past. I love it. And you got Oprah to, and you got Oprah to call. Uh, what a day. <laughs> Do you think you'll be able to kind of take that with you to the next jobs that you have? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I really think like it's one of those things where and you know, this is like coming from, you know, a woman who has worked in a male dominated industry, but also I've been a white woman in a white people dominated industry. And so I've been privileged in so many ways. And I've, you know, been absent privilege at times. And so I think I have a unique perspective, but the more, you know, and, you know, people use the word woke and it, and, you know, um, I think for a lot of people like wokeness, it gets to be like a punchline or whatever. But the truth is it's a really apt word because once you open your eyes to see something that was a blind spot for you before you cannot unsee it. And so that's what I hear, people saying all the time, like once you see it, and especially when it's your work, when you're like, holy shit, this was right in front of me the whole time. And I didn't notice because it didn't affect me. But now that my eyes are more open to it, it is all I can see. And it's so glaring. So I just, I don't know that it would be possible for me really to be able to go back to any other way of doing something. So that's probably bad (laughs) for my career, but also like, it's also good. And I'm lucky, you know, because like, I only have to get like probably three more jobs before I retire. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I'm like a, a, I try to be like a serial TV monogamist. So, you know, so maybe like three more jobs would last me until I'm in my sixties. And, uh, if I'm lucky, knock on wood. So I don't think I will ever shut up about that stuff. And, you know, and I do it professionally, but I also do it personally. Like, I know um, I <laughs> I have I have this really weird memory of someone calling me to see if I would like to go to this comedy showcase that they were doing. And um, I was like, oh, I would love to go. Unfortunately, I have a policy of not attending anything that's all white people or all men in this comedy showcase, unfortunately is all white people and all men. So I cannot attend. And the person was like, well, this is awkward. (laughs) And I was like, well, think of how awkward it is for me to have to say that, you know, like how noticeable it is. And it's awkward for every woman and every person of color that is, you know, potentially in your audience that, you know, that that wasn't even a thought to like diversify your lineup. So, you know, so it's a no for me, but I just remember a colleague being like, Oh my God, did you just do that out loud? Like to a person's face basically. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, I can like, I can, you know, and, and I should, because a lot of people probably can't and don't feel like they, they can. And I feel like I can right now. So I will. You're walking the walk. <laughs> I'm trying. It's not always it's not always easy, but it gets easier. You know, and it goes back to like you know, just yeah, I think being a parent is helpful cuz you have to say a lot of hard things when you're a parent 
to your kids, to people about your kids, you know, and I remember like the first time they were invited on play dates and, you know, and asking like, oh, by the way, do you have like a gun in your house? And people act like, <laughs> like that is the wildest thing. But why? And again, that is another conversation where a mom one time was like, well, this is awkward. And I was like, well, imagine how awkward it would be if you had to call and say that one of our kids shot the other one. That would probably be way more, yeah, way more awkward phone call. So like, if you can do that, then you can be like, oh, I can't come to your thing because it's all white ladies. And that's boring to me. Yeah. You know, it's not even just that it's like unfair or, you know, it's also boring. Like we've seen it for however long we've been watching things. So it's time for for something new. Has 40 and moving into your 40s been transformative in terms of any other aspects of your relationship to yourself, your confidence, like knowing your power and knowing who you are? Yeah, I just think that, you know, I was raised in a time when, you know, girls were polite and didn't say a tenth of the things that we had on our minds. And, you know, just, just, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. Like, girls need to be well behaved and know their place and, you know, all that stuff. And, and, I think that I was kind of like an obedient rule follower. And, you know, so after being, after turning 40, I think I was more outspoken, being honest with people about like, well, here's what I think. Here's why I am like this. Here's like the truth about me. And, you know, and what's interesting about that is then it makes people feel like they can open up to you. And then you find out that the, like this thing that you thought that you were like carrying alone. Oh, I'm the only person in the world this has ever happened to. The more you're honest about things, the more you learn, oh, you know, a million people have gone through this or like, or like not a lot of people have gone through this, but I know three people who have, and we can compare notes and support each other and, and things like that. And also like being 40, I think turning 40 made me realize that there's like a million ways to do something. And my way isn't necessarily the correct way. So, you know, there's a million ways to do something as long as it gets done. And if you are like working with someone, you have to trust them to do it the best way and, and, you know, or the best way that they know how and that that's cool, you know, like, (laughs) so there's always, you know, there's always, I think, yeah, I think I went from being like, there's one way to cook a pot roast there's one way to paint a wall there's one way you know and when when i turned 40 i was like "Eh." as long as it it gets done and like you're doing a great job and i love that you're doing that job we get a lot of questions on the pod about friendship yeah and especially about people who kind of have trouble maintaining friendships when they don't live in the same place yeah and i'm wondering as someone who recently moved across the country how that has been for you and how you've found it kind of been, how, how has it been maintaining your friendships with people on the East Coast? Can I add something onto this question? And how has it been moving to a new place and making new friends as an adult? Mm-hmm. 
Those are really good questions. That's kind of another thing that changed. I'm trying to think of like how long I've been on Twitter because Twitter was really like my first, I think I joined Twitter before I joined Facebook. So that was my first social media. And to be truthful, I've never been the best at maintaining friendships. Never, never, never. Like I've been really devoted to my career. And if I was in a relationship with someone, very devoted to that person, Often, you know how that is, like often to the exclusion of of all your old friends. And so social media, as someone who is constantly like working and writing to put words into other people's mouths, social media was really like the first place where I was saying I was sort of broadcasting what I thought, like my own thoughts and and using my own voice. And so people that I met on social media sort of became like my legit social circle. Um, And it was also, it also really strengthened the bonds that I had in real life with people who I was, I was friendly with, but you know, maybe not communicating as much because I've never been like a caller. I'm not like, like I won't just phone someone and, and chit chat with them. I never have been. I've always been like, very phobic of like getting on the phone and just, I don't know. Do you guys feel like that? Do you like, you're like, who am I to just call you out of the blue and like take well, up an hour? Oh, I feel like I need to make an appointment. To yeah. Call yeah. yeah well, culturally you know? it's changed. Like yeah. we used to just call anybody. I wanted to chat. I still will do that with some of my friends. Like I'm driving for the next 30 minutes if you want to talk. Yeah. Um, but it is different than let's say what it was like in 1995 where like my mom's friend would call and they would just like talk. Yeah, I almost like I almost get like a panic reaction, which I'm sure is like probably if we unpacked it, I'm sure it, we can tie it to some some inciting incident. But I almost have like a panic reaction when someone calls because they have to be like calling to tell you terrible news or or something. Um, so that's been interesting to me to just get into a place where people just call or text. And I always feel very honored, um, when people just text me to be like, Hey, what's going on? I wanted, you know, I feel very honored when someone wants to get coffee or drinks or dinner. Um, I really, you know, I feel so lucky. So out here in LA, I guess, you know, like I said, I have more time, especially not working. So it's a lot easier to hang out, to head out and hang out and do things. Um, But social media really has been, I know it's like such a cesspool um, and it's just, it can be really gross. And especially like politically, I think that even though a lot of the things that people are saying are politically important on social media, it just wears on you. You know, you have like a certain amount of bandwidth for that and then you need to take a break and recharge. But I have found that over the years, met a ton of people on social media, staying in touch via social media has been really like a godsend for me um, and the type of person I am and the the type of friendship style that I have. I don't mm. know. Um, I, I guess, is that a thing? Is there a book about friendship styles? <laughs> yes, there is. A, that is a thing. And I think that's a, a thing to explore. Like we've been talking a lot about friendship and I think we're interested in talking about it more because yeah. – 
we do all do it differently. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way. So I've been really lucky um, to be social media friends with a lot of clever people, particularly clever women who figured out early on, like we can take this to like a DM group or like a back channel of like, you know, a private Mm -hmm. message group or like a closed group on Facebook that's just us or, you know, so those are the places where like my most real solid friendships were just cemented Mm. forever. So, you know, those are, those are people that like, you know, I've just, once you've been in like a locked, (laughs) a locked private Facebook group with like 12 like-minded friends, you know, those are like your friends forever, you know, like heaven, honestly. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's, it's really great. And, and I belong to like a number of groups that are like, you know, they start off just career interest themed, you know, so like these people are all writers. These people are all journalists, but for whatever reason, they (laughs) invited you. These people are all moms. I know people get really close on mom groups. Um, the, and I don't so much because I feel weird about that, like mom mantle, you know, I don't know. Do you guys, (laughs) but like in the writing groups and like political groups and volunteering activism groups, that's where my really like, you know, friends for life come from. What are your self-care practices or your self joy practices? Um, that's a good question. I really do. I truly, truly do love hanging out with my husband. Um, we have like somebody, this is, I can't take credit for this, but I have, we, I have, um, a friend who was like describing to me how like on, Saturdays he plays like uh video games with his wife <laughs> when the and the kids are like screaming and they like they can't take it that their parents are like no this is mom and dad like video game time <laughs> and I just love it I love that like I got a little choked up I was like I love it so uniquely you yeah. and I love that like you're modeling for your kids like you guys are very important to us but also like we're very important to each other and this is how we show each other we play these video games but yeah like my husband came home from work last night he got home at like probably midnight and we watched Watchmen the Watchmen finale so that's like a a huge big deal I'm like I'm very basic with that stuff like I a nice coffee a candle (laughs) Mm. a scented product Mm -hmm. you know a tiny gluten-free brownie something like that you know just just little things like where you're like this i don't know why defer happiness like if it's achievable takes notes that that must be the title of this of this episode why defer happiness I mean, I, that feels like a really nice note to end on. I just got to ask about Prince. Oh, sure, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Just in a minute, what does Prince mean to you? Because I think your love for Prince is like my love for fish, which is my favorite. Oh, uh, you're so lucky to love them because they, you know, they just, they give so much. Like, they do. It's a lifestyle to love fish, correct? But do you have a sexual attraction to fish? No. Do you have a sexual attraction to Prince? Oh, I mean... I mean, well, he's I mean, passed away, so now it's right. weird. But who it's, doesn't? Yeah, it's right. I mean, right. Now I'm not sexually attracted to fish as a whole. He, I mean, listen, he was so interesting <laughs> because, like, yeah, because that is a complicated thing. Like when I first saw Prince, I was seven, and he was nineteen, and like 
I, you know. Like in concert or on TV? No, I saw him on TV. I saw him on American Bandstand and I was like, woo, gold pants. Like I just loved his gold pants. I have a visceral memory of seeing Fish, um, excuse me, of seeing Prince on TV at like the age of four and like understanding that he was like so hot and sexy, but not knowing what I was feeling. But he, he was also like incredibly beautiful. Like he was very pretty. I mean, listen, we could like, we could probably teach do a Prince podcast, a university course in like in, and people do about how he just, yeah, was bucking convention and uh, making us all question things about ourselves. I love, I love to hear like a super straight guy be like, oh, I mean, like I can't stop looking at him. Like, you know, like I, I love to hear that. Um, but yeah, I was seven when I first saw him and I was with my aunt and he was on American Bandstand and, um, and my life wasn't so happy at that time. And, uh, I've talked about this other places before, you know, not to get too deep, but you know, I, my childhood was rough in some ways. And, um, so yeah, those gold pants hooked me and then he was singing, I want to be your lover. And that reeled me in and yeah, just loved him ever since. Like, I just feel like, you know, he's the most creatively daring uh vulnerable performer and he was a genius you know he just was a genius and also struggled with a lot of you know struggled with a lot of things over the years um that made people like oh you know this makes me think he's not a good guy this makes me think that about him but you know i just think like he was constantly evolving and um, reinventing himself. And so I appreciate him as a performer, also as a person uh, who wasn't perfect, but oh my God, was he cool. So fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like blows my mind. So cool and really funny. Yeah. really And really funny, um, which I always love. And also did a lot of, you know, for all of the things that people are like, you know, well, he did this thing that was damaging or destructive or, you know, he said this thing. Got it here. I hear you. <laughs> I totally hear you. But also he was really like super philanthropic and just quietly philanthropic. And um, and that's been that's been one thing that's been lovely for me because I think people know me like that's one thing I love on social media when people are like, oh, I saw this mural and it made me think of you. I snapped this picture like someone just contacted me. There was um, th- this book just came out that was like he had started writing a memoir and uh, unfortunately didn't finish before he died. And so they put it out in, uh, you know, w- with what he had written along with some supplementary uh, material and um, it uh, included an address in a place that he lived in Sausalito, California when he was recording an album. And um, just somebody was like, Oh, I went by, (laughs) I went by, I got the book and I saw it and I live in the neighborhood. So I went by and took pics of that house. Here it is. (laughs) And just sent to me because like, I thought you'd want to see it. And I was like, yes, I absolutely 100% want to see it. (laughs) That's really sweet. Yeah. So, you know, so that's lovely and a gift. And I forget the point of, uh, what you know, just being known as like 
a Prince fan, people, you know, are so willing to share things with me. But then I've gotten like, a lot of people are like, Hey, FYI, like, I know you don't know me, but like, I run this not for profit. And I know you love Prince so much. And he gave so much money to my not for profit. And I just thought you'd want to know that. You're like, yeah, which is so it which is really amazing, you know, and and you always hear those stories. But it's very cool to have someone be like, No, it really happened to me. I have receipts. Would you like to see them? And I'm like, literal receipts. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Casey. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh! Thank you for having this was me. So fun. Was so so fun nice to, to talk on. to you. Yeah, likewise. And, and where can our listeners like find you on the the social medias? Oh sure, I'm on Twitter. It's just my first name, Casey, weirdly spelled at Casey. Um, and I'm on Facebook. My page. I have really like weird criteria for accepting accepting friend requests on Facebook. Um, But my stuff is public. I don't use it so much anymore because they've been kind of ew. But, um, but I do, I do uh, one thing I do do on Facebook is share job opportunities all the time because I want everyone to have their dream job. And so if I can help do that, I will do that, but that's all public. So you can follow that. And then I'm just on Instagram, but like, you know, normal, normal mom shit on on instagram well thank you again (laughs) this is such a pleasure of course thank you so much for having me i had so, so much fun meeting you guys all right let's intention up let's do it now it's been a while since we set these intentions it's true so i'm curious how yours went when we departed yeah i said i wanted to go swimming so I realized very belatedly that I'd ordered this new bathing suit like after like the first week of December. And I was suddenly like, wait, that never, that never came. I never got it. And then I checked the track. I was like, maybe it got stolen off, off our front porch. And then I checked the tracking and it like looked like it had never shipped, which I was like, that's weird. So after like 20 minutes on the phone with Speedo, after which they were like, yeah, did you order on December like 6th, 7th, or 8th or something? We lost some shipments that day. And I was like, what? Anyway, long story short, they overnighted me a suit. And that was just like a couple days ago. So I haven't had a chance to go yet. But I, I fully intend to go very soon. All right. So there we go. How about you? You wanted to roll into 2020 not on social media. I kind of did it. I rolled in not on Instagram. I put Facebook back on my phone while I was on vacation, and that was really fun, and I took it back off this morning okay, because it's just a waste of my time being mm-hmm, on it mm-hmm. uh, all day long, and it, it doesn't allow me to settle down at night. But um, not being on Instagram, I have to say, has been really nice. It's oh, like freed up a lot of brain space that I didn't realize I was using constantly staying on top of other people's lives Mm. do you know what i mean i do like for example and this is not because we just talked to casey but i follow busy phillips very actively on instagram i love following her very up on what busy's life is like and like i have not followed and this is like she's not a friend of mine this is i'm doing this with a celebrity but i do this with all my friends (laughs) too and people from college and whoever but i don't like i just have not thought about the things that are going on in her life in a month. And that means that I have that space in my brain to like think about other things. Yeah. And it is very weird, but also kind of nice. 
So I don't know. I might keep staying off Instagram, but then I miss like talking to people via yeah Instagram stories. And you miss all of Henry's capers. Well, I did sneak on a few times. Like I had to grab mm. like an address out of a DM or something. And then I would like peek at a couple people's things and always, I would always peek at Henry's pictures. Thank you. You know, <laughs> anyway, what are you doing this week, Tori? Um, well, I'm really going to sound like you now, but I'm, I need to start going to sleep earlier. Well, as I mentioned to you privately, you're the original inspiration for early sleep. I know. And I feel like my bedtime has been creeping up lately because I've been puzzling, <laughs> which is okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, just a few more minutes. And then I turn around and it's 1030, which wow. is just late for me. Because then by the time I like do my whole, you know, skincare and bedtime and blah, yoga blah, blah, toes, blah. yoga toes, it's like it's past 11. And then it's just too late for me. I need to I need to be in bed yoga toes on by 10 15 okay done preferably earlier but like 10 15 i think 10 15 i can like make that work yeah, don't even push it 10 15 okay so i need to stop puzzling at 10 set a timer. 10 is the cutoff for puzzling i love that you now have to like stop your puzzling because it's you're getting so it, into it was it. like in my dream last night you puzzled it was a nightmare but <laughs> you're a puzzle nightmare yes that sounds stressful yeah it was stressful i don't want to talk about it that's fine um anyway so i'm gonna to try to start going to sleep earlier what about you Ugh, this is an old one that i have to revisit i need to start flossing again mm. i've been doing the thing where i protest i don't know who and what i'm protesting oh you don't I, like this about washing your face yes yeah i remember where i was like i'm not doing it yeah. and like that doesn't affect anybody but me but i've stopped flossing for like the past month mm. i just don't have the energy last night i finally did it how'd it feel good it felt like the right choice yeah i like flossing i know you do i know i mean you floss before you brush which still boggles my mind but i so i had to start flossing again like i want to keep my teeth clean i hear that so well feels good to be back sure does thank you all for listening thank you for being you kate <laughs> thank you for being you dory thank you uh and thank you for being you sammy sammy junio in the house because forever 35 is hosted and produced by dory shafir and kate spencer and produced and edited by sammy junio and bye. on that note bye